whether it's taking care of family. <sighs> Mikey, stop harassing your sister. Climbing the corporate ladder. Yes, yes, yes. We need to create a new spreadsheet for the project. I know, I know. Or even taking care of loved ones. I'm here for you, Mom. You have to put you first. It's the Know You First podcast with host Amanda Smith. Hey, you all. It's Amanda Smith, and welcome to the Know You First podcast, a cultivation of self-love goodness and a journey through all things self-care and self-love. I know it has been a minute. So happy new year. (laughs) I believe now is still an acceptable time to say that as we are just two months into 2022. Crazy how we got here, but here we are. If you're just tuning in, sit down, behave, don't break nothing and just vibe. This is a self-love experience that I want you to indulge into and get inspired to switch some things up and of course, let go of those things that do not contribute to a more wholesome you. If you're returning, I missed you, and I'm so glad that you've decided to keep rocking with me. You know, this episode is so special and will cover a topic that is so long overdue, self-care and men. Yeah, yeah, we're going there. Fellas, how are you? How are you and how are you preserving your self-care because we need you out here, y'all. We need you. And we know that we live in a world that's not always fair. There is so much expected from you in the various roles that you play, whether you're a father, husband, partner, single, you know, just trying to maintain, just trying to survive. And society doesn't cut you much slack in that regard. I know. Why? Well, because, you know, you're supposed to be innately strong and tough. But how's that going for you? I'm glad you're tuning in this week because, obviously, we have much to unpack. Exclusive guest interviews. My guest this week is Joshua Morgan, a former American football wide receiver who has a colorful career in the NFL. Drafted by the San Francisco 49ers in 2008, He played college football at Virginia Tech and also played for the Washington Redskins, which are now known as Washington Commanders, and a stint with the Chicago Bears. Aside from his performance on the field, Joshua has a fascinating story of resilience, setbacks, comebacks, all while staying grounded and rooted in his faith which is always at the core of anything he pursues. You know, I had an opportunity to speak with Joshua and learn his story of childhood hardships and some temptations that played into his self-discovery journey. He is now a vessel for other kids like he once was, particularly young men who need guidance and just a solid role model. I was left so inspired to do more of my work as he offered wonderful insight into men and self-care, why they don't talk about it, why they don't talk about mental health, and how we can combat that. Take a listen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. One of the few males. That's right. Represent. A lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. Let's go. <laughs> well, look, before we kind of get into the whole self-care thing, and I love with 
we're doing right now with self-care, we are having more discussions about it. And I appreciate that because that's what I'm all about. But before we kind of get into that, you're cultivating a faith-based movement and a brand that touches on mind, body, and soul in your spirit. And we do just that here on the Know You First podcast because we talk about holistic healing and what that really means. I want to get more of an understanding behind the work that you're doing, what motivates you, why you're even you know, tapping into that space. If you can share here in the podcast, we'd love to hear what that brand is all about. Um, well, the brand I'm actually, well, I think the brand you're referring to is the uh, Armor Glory brand. That's, that's right. Yeah, that's where my guy Terrence Jackson. So Terrence, uh, he kind of started this movement a while ago. You know, he played football at Oklahoma. I played football at Virginia Tech. Uh, um, he kind of, you know, started the brand behind just, helping guys, helping people understand that, like, you know, the word is powerful. It's power behind the word, you know, and and just speaking the word, you feel different. Just reading the word, you feel the power behind it and just understanding the power and understanding that when you put on God's armor, that you're protected and you're one of his warriors sent out to do his work, you know, and that's kind of, that, that was kind of the focus behind it because they always tell us, You know, as football players, when you put on that helmet, when you put on those pads, when you put on that shield in the NFL, they always say that shield in the NFL. But when you also put on God's shield, you know, you're going out there, you're protected, and you're one of his soldiers, you're one of the chosen ones that he chose to go out there and basically spread the good news, as they say. Yeah, well, I love that you're doing that. And I love that you're having this conversation. And yes, that is correct. That is the brand that I'm referring to. That brand resonated with me, obviously, because what I do here on the podcast. Um, But look, you know, you're here because, like I said before, we don't often hear from males and how it relates to self-care, self-worth, self-love. These are things that we say freely here on the Know You First podcast. And we don't often hear the male perspective. I want to hear from you why you feel self-care for males especially is so important. I feel like it's so important because growing up and again, growing up, they kind of, as a, as a toddler on up, you kind of, it's kind of that no cry mentality. You better not cry. You better not do this. You better not do that. You can't act like that. You can't, you know, it's so much stuff that we had to unlearn. It's so many toxic traits. There's so many bad, just generational things that we had to unlearn growing up. And I'm going to speak for myself in order to make it as far as I did, as far as from going middle school football to high school football to college football to playing at the top in the NFL for eight years, you have to learn how to, you know, self-motivate, self-love, self-care. And it, it can't be, oh, no, you better not cry. You better not do this. You better not do that. No, you have to constantly, you, if you don't love yourself, nobody else will love you. Absolutely. And if you don't constantly remind yourself why you're doing it, what you're doing it for, who you are and whose you are, then you'll never make it. You, the world will crumble you up and throw you in the garbage, especially in the sport of football. Um, yeah. In the sport of football, I mean, if you look at the numbers, you have over 3 million people playing high school football and college football, and then you get to the NFL with that, that 3 million or over 3 million crumbles down to less than 2,500, less than 2,500. So you're less than 1%. 
it's less than 1.5% now, I believe, yeah. um, that, you know, actually get to play on Sundays. And um, just, just to be able to do that, you have to build yourself up. You have to self-motivate yourself. You have to constantly remind yourself that you love yourself. You have to be your biggest supporter and your biggest critic. You have to be your counselor. You have to be, you have to be your doctor. Mommy and daddy ain't going to be there all the time. So you got to be right. your mother, your father. You got to be grandma. You got to hear all these. <laughs> you know, you got to constantly remind yourself of this positive energy and positivity. And you got to constantly tell yourself, you got this. By the coach screaming at you, cussing you off for making one mistake, you got to remind yourself that, okay, he's doing that. You got to take the positive out of everything. It's, it's mm-hmm. a constant mental battle. It's a constant mental struggle. And that's why they always say you have to be mentally strong because it's constantly, you got these people telling you love you. Then you go play in this stadium and all these fans telling you they hate you and you uh-huh. suck and doing this, that, and the third. And you just got to remember in all of this chaos that's going on, I'm God's child and he put me here to use my talent to do this special thing. And while I'm doing this special thing and playing this game that with the talent that God gave me, I'm going to also bring all these other young kings along the way and I'm going to show them how to do this and I'm going to show them the blueprint to it and I'm going to show them that they too can go live like kings just using the talent that God gave them and reminding yourself, no, uh, yeah, that it's racism going on. You want to let that racism stop you? You want to let right. it affect you? You want to let it stop you from being who God put you here to be? You're going to basically succumb to who the world wants you to be or you're going to be who God put you here to be. Right. And it's that constant battle. You're going to be who God put you here to be or you're going to be who the world wants you to be and end up a statistic. That's right. And there's really no sustainability in being something for someone else because after a while, I feel like you're going to look up and, and figure out what, what, what is your real purpose because you've been living for everybody else. You know what I mean? And I love that you say, you know, you have to be self-motivated because there's so many things in this world and you named off a few that is going against your happiness. Let's just be honest. I mean, you can wake up and get a flat tire. You can wake up and just something. I mean, there's always this force, this, whether it's energy or something else, trying to create chaos and trying to create problems. And so if you're constantly in that state of self-motivation, you're constantly in that realm of, like you said, God's armor, when those things happen, I think you're a little bit more prepared. And so mm-hmm. I love that you say that, you know, you have to be self-motivated in these, in your work, in the way you move about the world. You know, we talk about selfish moments on the Know You First podcast. And first and foremost, when people hear the word selfish, it's a negative connotation. If everyone thinks it's such a bad thing, you know what I mean? Um, However, I have flipped that, Joshua, because I think in certain situations, you do have to be selfish. There are times where you do have to say, look, I need to be about myself right now. I need to declutter my life, declutter my mind and kind of get back on to get back on the right path or level up. I want to hear your selfish moment. If you can think about a time, whether right now, whether when you were playing or it could be in your personal life. Where you just had, you know, a Joshua moment where you just had to check yourself, get your selfish moment intact and say, you know what, I have to do this differently. I have to change my behavior in this way. I have to declare. And there's probably a million. There's probably a million. I'm sure there's a million that are going through your mind. Even when I yeah, posed that question. 15 minutes. You talk about life. Well, even when I just said that question, I just started thinking of my life and all the things I had to do to have a selfish moment. But if you could just pick one out 
Um, don't feel rushed. You know, we can do amazing things in post-production. So don't feel rushed. <laughs> and, um, but I, look, I would like to just share a selfish moment story of your own that you just had to just had this come to Jesus moment, if you will, and to get back in the right track. Um, so uh, to narrow that down, that's pretty easy. I think that selfish moment was my senior year in high school where I was basically on the fence with a lot of things. I, I played basketball. Um, my senior year kind of went where I, tra- I I went to Eastern Senior High School, um, my 10th and 11th grade year. I ended up getting in a fight to protect my cousin. One of the guys grabbed my cousin's butt and called her a B word and mm. said, this is my. Mm. Oh, no. Part. Oh, no. And I let nobody. So I defended her. Got in a fight with him. They put me out of Eastern. I ended up transferring to H.C. Woodson. Had to sit out the whole football season. Um, couldn't really play until um, the report cards came out. So I only got to play the two playoff games in the championship where we ended up beating Dunbar um, senior high that year. And the rest of my um, athletics my senior year was just basketball. Mm-hmm. So... Towards the end of the year, like I said, we had I never knew you played basketball too. That was a nice fun fact that you just shared there. Basketball is my first sport. And it's oh, so, wow. Yeah, it's so crazy because a lot of people, when I made it to the NFL, a lot of people was like, man, I didn't even know you played football. <laughs> I was like, I get all the way to the NFL and people didn't even know I played football. That's why I've been playing organized basketball since I was like four years old. As oh, far wow. as the FBU circuit, the YBOA circuit. And high school and all and so forth. So um most majority of people only knew me for basketball. Um, hmm. uh, and because I like I said, because I set out my whole senior year, even colleges, most of my schools, most of my recruiting came, they came to my basketball game. Wow, <laughs> that is look at you, Jack of all trades. So, so um, yeah, so I would say towards the end of the year, I'm seeing all my friends getting like D1 football scholarships, getting scholarships to go to college and play football. So I'm, much pressure. Yeah, I'm getting like, I'm getting attention, but it's not what I want. Like, it's not what my friends getting. And no disrespect to my friends, but I was always like one of the best players on the team, if not, if second best at I know least. That's right. Yeah. Always top two. And normally I wasn't too. <laughs> you know, but, um, it was just that. So it was that going on my senior year. And then there was so much stuff going on in the streets, like in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of living as an orphan. You know, I was sleeping at my friend's house and sleeping on his couch for a couple of weeks at a time. Then, you know, um, my girlfriend, I stayed with her aunt and her aunt's basement at the mm-hmm. time. I was basically homeless my senior year. Didn't have one place where I can go, and all my things were in that place, and it wasn't home. Yeah, and I stayed with my girlfriend at the time. I stayed with her aunts in her aunt's basement, and her aunt Robin's basement out in Clinton, Maryland. And I would go from Clinton, Maryland to Mayfair over here. Wow, Kenilworth, and then I would go from Mayfair to Ashley Woodson. Um, so I did that for a couple of months, and then after that, um. Me and her kind of broke up. And then after that happened, I went and I stayed with my friend, Mike McDonald. Um, I stayed at his house, sleeping on his couch, stayed over there for a couple of months. His brother ended up getting killed. Mm. Um, you know, that was kind of tough. And then I stayed with my other friend, Kevin Rogers. I stayed over his house and I was just going from home to home. I seen mm-hmm. yeah, 
everybody else was just, it seemed like they were just walking into their purpose and mm-hmm. God was making their path very clear. And I was just, it was like my whole world was crumbling around me. I was like, man, I don't have a home to go to. I'm homeless for real. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. I don't even know whether to shoot basketball, football. I don't know what, what I should do. And at the end of the year, I waited and I was so undecided. And like I said, it was other things going on in the streets. One of my close friends got killed. Um, he was actually walking across the bridge to Mayfair. Um, his name is Daniel Thompson. He a uh, great kid, had like a 4.0 GPA, was going to play football, was going to go get a mm. force to play football and he was walking from his girlfriend's house down there by Mayfair across Minnesota Avenue Bridge and they robbed him for his shoes and shot him. And wow. this is a kid that I knew since elementary school. We went to middle school together and we finished. Mm. And this is still in your senior year happening. All of this. All my senior year. Woo! You know? And you're so young. Like, you're just <laughs> a kid. All this stuff going on and, you know, just like I said from, you know, my guy Roderick getting killed and then big dang you got killed and just not having a home and going from this couch to that couch to this basement sleeping on this floor and still trying to figure out the rest of my life um i would have to say my 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 selfish moment came after that where like i said everybody graduated they know they're going they, they kind of knew their plan i was still figuring my plan out and um my coach um um, Black, his name is Wayne Johnson. We call him Coach Black, and um, we made some calls and we called Fort Union Military Academy. Whoa, you were giving us to the military? <laughs> no, See, that's the thing. It's like a prep school, so it's not one of those. Okay, it's like you you, you remember ROTC in, in high I school? I did. So I went to St. John's, and that was okay. used to be a or that used to be an all boys uh, military school. Yeah, but so not it's anymore. Like that. Yeah, that's what Fort Union is. It's kind of like that. And it's, it's just, a, it's almost, they call it post-grad. Uh-huh. So, you know, after you graduate, you go down there and you get to play football. And most guys go there to either get their grades up in order yeah. to earn a D1 scholarship or, or work on the SAT. I think coming out, I didn't need anything. I had like a 3.5 GPA or something, and I had over a 1,400 on the SAT. No, over 1,300 on the SAT. So I didn't need that. I just needed film because, like I said, I had to sit out. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that was kind of my selfish moment right there. I was just like, you never think, all right, you got a kid from Southeast D.C., you know, <laughs> graduated from H.D. Woodson. I'm going to go to military school and I'm going to do this. But at the end of the day, it was so many things pulling at me at that time because it was like I could have just stayed home and did nothing and been in the streets with, you know, most of the people that, you know, I went to school with. I could have chose a basketball scholarship and, you know, now that's even, it's even more politics than basketball. Yeah. That's an even wider thing. You know, I could have went so many different routes and to make that decision to choose um, to go to Fourth Union. And, you know, it was kind of, you know, it, it was kind of like, and I always tell people, it was kind of like God's whisper through my grandmother's voice mm. because I was sitting there one day and this was before my grandmother's dementia got bad. I was sitting there. My grandma was my best friend in the world. And um, I was telling her, like, Grandma, I don't really know what to do. Usually you tell me, you know, Joshua, you smart. I named you Joshua after Joshua in the Bible. Just follow the word. Just follow God. Let God lead you. 
I don't know what to do. I can't even hear God. There's so much going on right now. Sure, sure. And she, and she said it's so simple. She said, well, baby, she said, um, first time you touched the football, it was like you already knew everything. You already knew all the rules. You never had to really work hard at it. It was kind of like God blessed you with that talent. Mm-hmm. Like, when you follow that basketball, I think you like basketball because it makes you work hard. Yeah, you had to hard to play basketball. You had to work hard to be good. Yeah, you and you probably like the challenge. Yeah, <laughs> but that's what it was. She was like, you had to work hard at it. You had to go out there. You had to put in hours. You had to work on dribbling. You had to work on shooting. You had to go out. You would be out there for hours working hard on that football field. The first time I saw you in that football field, I saw you catch that ball. And you had never practiced catching that ball before. Mm-hmm. I thought you were in the past and people scoring touchdowns. And you ain't never did that before. Mm-hmm. So, I was you. I would lean towards and I would start putting more focus in the football. And once she said that, it was just like all the pressure just relieved. And it was like, all right, that's what it is. I'm going to play football. I'm going to yeah. focus on football. I'm going to go to Fort Union. And, and everything's going to be all right after that. And to make that decision, um, because it was a lot of schools, like just putting, but it was, it wasn't what I wanted. It wasn't what I envisioned for myself. Right. Because my friends were going to like Syracuse and Illinois and I had other guys going to Virginia Tech and, and I'm sitting there like, and I'm about to these like B2 colleges, B3 schools. No. <laughs> you know, selfishly, I'm thinking like, better than, no. <laughs> well, good for you for not settling. <laughs> yeah. I think that was like one of the main ones just to go down there because when I went to Fort Union, um, it was the first time I had just really just no basketball, no track, no mm-hmm. baseball, no other sports. I put all my focus in the football. I started working out lifting weights. Um, it was a real military school, so I'm getting up at five thirty in the morning. So oh wow! Got to shine your shoes. You got to clean <laughs> up. You got to have your bed. You got to be outside of your everything. You got to be outside of everything at five thirty in the morning, blowing up trumpet in your face. Real, it's real military, you know. So to go down there, and man, when I went down there, it, it literally like, and they, and it, it was almost like God set it up for me because it was no distractions. There yeah. were no women on campus. Yeah. No, there were no female teachers. No women teachers. There were no. You couldn't have your cell phone down there for the first eight weeks. You couldn't yeah. call home. You couldn't contact home. That's a selfish home. moment before you even knew it. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know. That's what I said. It was almost like God just knew, like, that was it. Like I said, from my grandmother's voice, it it, it just ended up working out perfectly. Like, it took away all the distractions. It took away all the drama, all the negativity, all the bad news from going home. Because at that time in my life, I was going to a funeral, like, every two weeks, every three weeks. And there Mm. was somebody, like, I grew up with. Mm. Somebody the same age as me. A little bit, two years older, two years younger, the same age as me. So we were going to a funeral like every week. And that's when like DC was really like murder sure. capital. Yeah, yeah. You know, to, um, at that time, it just took away everything. I couldn't have my cell phone. You couldn't contact home for like eight weeks. The first eight weeks you did. Um, and when you did contact home at those eight weeks, you could only email. Almost like I was locked up. Wow. Well, did <laughs> it give you like, the rep? <laughs> It's like you went from no structure to like a structure on a hundred or something. <laughs> it was like I said, I broke records down there. I went down there from having I probably only had like 
maybe three D one offers. So I went down there. I man, I broke records down there. Okay. I, I I ended up having probably like over a hundred D one offers. Like uh-huh. I went schools on the fence about me to literally every D one top football program in the country wanted me to come to their school with. It was just an amazing thing. And I still ended up choosing to go to B Tech because like I said, they were like they they started in ninth grade and I'm big on loyalty and they were the yeah. first to recruit me. So and a couple of my other teammates, like I said, was down there. And I was like, I know I'm better than y'all. <laughs> and so if y'all down there, y'all doing good in school, I'm gonna go down there and be amazing because I know I'm right. smarter than y'all too. <laughs> I know I'm gonna finish when I go there. I'm well, you know there. what? I think that's a I think that's an amazing selfish moment story because there's a few things that you said that you know are jumping out at me. For one, you have to you have to innately know your worth. You okay. have to know your worth. Yeah. Even sometimes when your closest people in your life are not recognizing it. You you have to because really, Joshua, that's what carried you this this long, along with of course your grandmother and of course God and all these things, but you know, you had to, it started with you recognizing that you were better than certain situations. Um, and that pulled that out of you. And that, that really kind of carried you through your journey, probably to where you are right now. But you had yeah, to do that. You had to do thing. that inner work. It's an everyday thing for sure. And definitely, I mean, even with yourselves, because that alone, that action of just knowing, because everybody, and, that, and that's what people, that's when the world comes in. The distractions mm-hmm. coming like, man, you crazy. You ain't gonna do that. You can't do that. Right. You can't people kind of project their own fears on you and their own limitations on you. And it's just it, it, and and I tell people all the time, I know it was God because what else will make me a 17-year-old kid mm-hmm. without a home, going mm-hmm. from living like an orphan, going from this house to this couch to this floor throughout my senior year. With all this and walk away from all this guarantee, oh, he could go here, he could go, he could settle for this, he could settle for this. What else would make a 17-year-old kid mm-hmm. say no, but God got something bigger for me. That's God right. got something better for me. You That's know? Right. Absolutely. I'm going to be okay no matter what's going on around me, no matter what's going on, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Because through that time, I got stabbed. I've been shot at. Oh, my gosh. Like what? this crazy the story gets crazy that's gonna be for another show <laughs> murder, murder capital was really murder capital yeah being out there you know you just succumb to it you out there and you just you could be walking home from a game yeah. somebody chasing somebody else and they see you right there and they see you with your shoulder pads on they mm-hmm. think oh, money it look like a bag i'm a robber right right exactly the dude stand me and rob me for my shoulder pads come on Crazy, crazy. They look like I was carrying big bags. That's crazy. Well, I, you know, I I never knew your story. You know, I'm from the DMV, but I never knew your story. And so I I really appreciate that, that you shared that here on the Know Your First podcast, because I didn't realize that was your journey. And I appreciate even more having you on here. Before we end this interview, though, one of the things that I asked from all of my guests is to share a quote or some words of affirmation um, or some things that, you know, you default to when you feel like, okay, because I mean, even all the inner work that we do day to day, there's still going to be some times where we're just like, you know, I, I don't want to get out of bed. 
I, I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want, you know, let's, let's not pretend that that stuff doesn't happen. And so if there's a quote that you could share, Grace on the Know You First podcast, I'd love to hear what you, Joshua Morgan, default to when, when times are not that pretty in your life. Um, when times are not that pretty, I usually just remind myself that I'm here for a reason, you know, and if I open my eyes of God allow me to breathe, then I still got work to do. And I also, you know, I'm, it's, it's kind of easy for me to, to just bring it home because I remember where I was. Like, I remember, like, really being hungry and not having, you know, money to get something to eat and looking at people and waiting for them to finish eating and going, oh, man, I'm going to eat that. Being in those moments, and I remember my best friends and friends dying, you know, in my arms, and I, I seen seeing the life leave their body and things, things like that. I just remember being out there, you know, like I said, being stabbed or being in the back of the alley with the gun in your mouth and people, you know, your life right before your eyes, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like it's almost like I live with a vengeance, but just not with the pain behind it because it's purpose behind it. So to 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 really understand, like you've been you had all these close calls with life. You had all these life, you know, your life could have ended so many times and God still just put a shield around you. And and you're right here. You're still right here. Right here. So, you know, it's, e- it's, it's almost, you know, it's easy for me. It's like, I just go right to the word. And, you know, you just remember, you remember a lot of different, you know, scriptures. You remember Proverbs 16, 3, mm-hmm. you know, Matthew 18, 20. You remember just scripture after scripture because right. that, that's why my grandmother named me. She named me Joshua after Joshua in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So, First one would be Joshua one nine. You know, be strong, be creative, be courageous. You know what I'm saying? Just, just you. Just, I, I always go back to scripture. It's scripture yeah. and me, and scripture and music is kind of the same thing to me because it's still you know passing the words, spreading the words, spreading the good news, and you know people do it through music, people do it through scripture, you know, and just things like that. So, um, are there two or three things that you do that you know, help you manage your self-care? Are you, are you, I don't know, running miles? Are you, are you still doing any of those things? What do you, how are uh, you managing your self-care? I manage my self-care by making sure mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, I am in my right mind. You know, it's a lot of stuff going around with NFL players, former NFL players, a lot of people dying at a young age from yeah. CTE and things like that. So I stay on top of that. I make sure every chance I get, I, I usually go every three or four months to get my brain scanned, get my brain tested, make sure there's no signs of CTE, it's no effects of CTE. Um, I make sure I'm learning something every day. I make sure I'm reading every day. I'm in the gym out for hours a day. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my spa day. Every time I go to the gym, it's like I'm in a spa. It's like uh, <laughs> women go get their nails done, get their hair done. <laughs> <laughs> That's my place for me. I'm in the gym. I'm on the treadmill. I'm working out. I'm, you know, staying strong. I'm staying fit. I'm working on my health. Um, I'm also in the Word, you know, every morning throughout the day. I'm reading a book. Uh, you know, I'm doing something creative, you know. Yeah. Creative, you know, they call me a creative. And I'm just, as long as I'm in a creative space where I'm working on something, creating something, it's going to continue to help me motivate the motivate the youth is going to continue to help me 
um, just basically be who God put me here to be. And I feel like God put me here to pass the word and spread the word and give people the blueprint. Because if I can make it through this and I can make it fail through everything I've been through, then man, I really think anybody can do anything. Yeah. There's no way I should be sitting here talking to you. There's no way I should have went to college. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, right. you know, if my life don't make you believe in God, when you know, I don't know what else will, because yeah. I should have been gone at 12. I should have been gone at 14. I should have been gone. You know, at 17, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have been here. I was right there when one of my friends got shot. Mm. His uh-uh. brain's was all over my face. Uh-uh. You know, man? So it's stuff like that. Like, man, if you don't believe that God is behind this and God got a purpose for me, then I don't know what's going to help you. I can still make my dream come true with playing in the NFL through everything that I've been through and everything I had to go through to get there. Then I don't care what it is that you're trying to do because all the skills that it took for me to make it to the NFL and to do everything that I ever dreamed of, all the skills are transferable, whether it's like what, what you're doing with the podcast and everything, mm-hmm. you're it's opening the business. All the skills are transferable. So all yeah. you do is teach people the blueprint and focusing on their career and take everything you did and put it into your business. Take everything I did and put it into your acting. Take everything I did and put it into the church. If you want to be a preacher, put it into your ministry. Right. You know? Take everything I did and put it into school if that's what you want to do. If you want to be a doctor, you want to be a lawyer, you know, yeah. the skills are transferable. And if Absolutely. you take one place to the next, man, you can go do anything you want in this world. Absolutely. Now, what's coming down the pike for Joshua Morgan? Anything going on that we should be paying attention to? Um, well, since I retired, you know, I've been working with Megamont. Mega Mind Productions and Optech Productions. I've been in um, probably like four or five of their movies. Okay. Um, so acting is definitely, you know, something I've always had. A I passion. can totally see that. <laughs> <laughs> I can I totally see it. <laughs> I definitely always had a passion about that. Um, I'm working on my own nonprofit. You know, I've done a lot of community work along the way. Um, helping out others, even when I was in college, um, yeah. it's always been you know my heart to get back because I I remember what it felt like to have nothing and to see nobody have no help. Mm-hmm. So the people to be able to call me, touch me, talk to me, do whatever you need to do to understand like man, you can make it. If I can do it, you can do it, and not only can you do it, but you could do it better and bigger than I ever did. Yeah. You know, so I always um so I'm working on my nonprofit now my own nonprofit now to do that. Um, I, this is my first year coaching. I coached our Archbishop Carroll. Okay. <laughs> so you know all about the Archdiocese of Washington and all that. That's fine. I'm working on, um, we're working on changing the culture at Archbishop Carroll. This this was Great. the best season they had in the history of the school. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm also a good start doing that. We got a great coaching staff and great kids. You know, we hoping to get up there with that St. John's. Yeah. <laughs> that's well, how it goes. Well, let me tell you, I'm not going to, you know, <laughs> save my age, but we weren't all that back in my mood, but I can embrace what's happening right now. That's for sure. Um, yeah, you man, know, I have a great coaching staff. Yeah, I got some great kids over there. I got a yeah. chance. Before I started coaching that curl, I was kind of working with um, Coach Jabali Smith and a lot of the guys yeah, from okay. St. Yeah. Um, during the pandemic, we used to go down to RFK Fields and they used to have workups on St. John's and other places. We used to go work with the kids, man. They're doing yeah. great. Things. 
Yeah, so um, for me to be coaching at Curl this year, it's been fun. Um, so I'm definitely going to continue to do that. That's such um, an awesome fit for you, though, because I've been seeing that you work with a lot of the youth and you, you know, just um, looking at your social feed alone, you know, I just see all the things that you're involved in. So I'm excited that you're over there. Yeah, it's definitely been fun. Um, I've also been helping uh, my brother, Rashad Carmichael. He has a thing called 1%. So we've been working with them, too. It started out as kind of a flag football team, but it's more like a different recruitment tool for guys to, you know, get seen. Because, you know, mm-hmm. a lot, it's a lot of bad high school coaching. Sure, exactly. <laughs> I for myself, man. A lot of these coaches, you know, well, you know, back when we were in school, you used to have to work in the school, and then they used to just let a teacher coach sports. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um and most of the time it's actually a profession you actually have expertise behind these things you know so (laughs) but you get it because you played at the level you know it's not you know the dads trying to be (laughs) and no shade on the dads you know they're trying to do what they can for their sons but i I understand (laughs) yes it it just it's a lot of kids in a lot of bad situations and even while i was still playing that was one of my things to just try to give kids an opportunity and i don't I, i definitely don't force anybody to play football Mm -hmm. i definitely don't try to drill going to the nfl down that throat who tell the youth is that women and men if you have any athletic ability why not use that athletic ability to get a full scholarship to a university to get a free education that's right that's right at the end of the day even if your parents can't pay for school Mm-hmm. Why make them pay for school if you get a free education? Absolutely. More money that can stay in your trust fund. Right. That, that's you breaking the generational curse right that's there. That's right. Starting generational wealth right there because you started with a free education. That's right. You have no student loans. And do whatever you, know, you want all to this do. It's yours that you make. You don't owe Saudi man. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. what I try to tell these kids all the time. So, you know, I've Love always that. tried to, you know, help them put them in a situation where. Their grades are straight. They had a SAT, mm-hmm. ACT. They, they mm-hmm. had whatever they need to hire a school, make it real easy for a school to say, man, you got a lot of talent. You got a lot of potential. I would love for you to come and play for my university. That's right. Well, I, and I had my two children. They're both student athletes. One plays volleyball. One's kind of similar to you, dabbling with basketball and football. And I tell them, grades first, education first. Don't come at me about you wanting to do, be on this team, wanting to go to this practice. I can't, I can't hear all that. I can't even hear you saying all that, you know, if, I, if I'm not seeing what I need to see on the report cards. <laughs> because exactly. And that's what people, people get lost in it because sometimes people say it so fast. Yeah. Now I write it, I capitalize the student part. You a student athlete. Mm-hmm. Student mm-hmm. comes yes. first. Yes, exactly. Student always comes first. If you don't have the grades, if you don't got the SAT score, ACT score, that's right. nothing nobody can do with you. That's right. Nobody. That's right. You just got a bunch of talent. That's right. Well, look, we're both parents. We could talk about this all day, right? <laughs> but Joshua, thank you so much. Like I said, I, I didn't know your story until you came on the Know Your First podcast and shared it with us. And I appreciate you being so humbled and forthcoming and so transparent. Um, you know, I talk about, you know, I bring my guests on and talk about self-care from a number of different perspectives. And like I said, I don't hear from the men too often, but it was such an honor to have you and just being so real and honest and authentic. Um, in your delivery and sharing your story. So 
maybe come back one day later on uh, throughout the year and, and let us know what you're doing later on. But we do appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. Thank you, man. It's definitely been a pleasure, man. I hope everybody t- stays on top of their self-care. And just remember, man, you know, it's a blessing to be a blessing. Let God use right. you. Let God use you. Let God use you. Don't let the world use you. Don't let people lose you. Let God use you. It's a blessing to be a blessing. And yeah. if you could, it's not about us. You know, our life not about us. Right. You know, our life is like like your life. It's not about you. It's not. You went through, you went through, and that's how I take it. I went through, I went through probably in my life. So my son didn't have to go through it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I went through it. So my brother didn't have to go through it. I probably, you know, got robbed in the alley or stabbed in the alley so my father could live long. You know, we never know what, you know, we never know what God's purpose is, but we do know that all things work together for God's greater good. At the end of the day, man, I just hope everybody, all the listeners, I hope you and everybody else just continue to be a blessing, man, and just continue to spread positivity, spread love. And just continue to make this world a better place, man. All we gotta do is spark one brain at a time. That's right. One, one. just one. That's all it takes. Get our job. That's right. That's right. And with that said, that is a wonderful way to conclude. It's a blessing to be a blessing. Josh and Morgan. Until next time, you stay safe and take care. You too. Thank you. The word. The word. The words of affirmation that I'm leaving with you this week are the following. Not until we are really lost do we really understand ourselves. You know, this might not be a popular opinion, though it holds true in so many circumstances when our back is up against the wall, where we've hit rock bottom, resources have depleted, and we are just left with ourselves to make a determination on what our next move is going to look like. To get motivated in that state, will take so much focus and a keen understanding of who we really are to dig ourselves out of it. What's it going to take for you to stop working so much? What is it going to take for you to start spending more time with your children, to beat addiction, to stop getting in your own way? That's going to require some real work of self-analyzing and really peeling back those layers, which I covered in last season. This is the work that you're going to have to do, ladies and gentlemen, for you to just get to the next level or maybe even plateau. You may be below sea level and you just need to keep yourself afloat. You're going to need to know yourself like you've never known yourself before. And the learning opportunity that comes with it is just priceless. And with that... Thank you for tuning in for another week on this self-love fest. It's Amanda Smith, y'all, on the Know You First podcast. Executive producer and host, Amanda Smith. Sound engineer is Rashad Smith. Music by Motion Array. Know You First podcast is published by Wave Sync Media. 